Aloha friends, it's Robert Selig. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Planet Show, where I interview wingfoil athletes, thought leaders, and designers right here in Honolulu in my home office. And in today's show, I'm interviewing Sam Loader, the owner of PPC Foiling, based in Auckland, New Zealand. We're talking for the second time on the Blue Planet Show. In the first interview, we went more into his background, his business, and foiling scene in New Zealand. This time we go over what's new over the last year and all the equipment he's coming out with. We talk about the soar boards, his new wings, the foil he has planned. So stay tuned. You can watch it right here on YouTube with all the good visual content or you can just listen to it audio only as a podcast. Just search for the Blue Planet Show in your favorite podcast app. Okay, so without further ado, here is Sam Loader. All right, Sam, welcome to the Blue Planet Show. Back to the Blue Planet Show for the second time. How's everything going for you? Cheers, Rob. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since the last show. It seems it seems like years actually. <laughs> a lot's happened. No, it's been going it's been going really well. It's been going really well. Been extremely busy. I've never been this busy in my life, but at the end of the day, at least we're at least I'm designing foils something that we love and uh, so yeah it's just been pretty full-on since so much has happened since the last interview that then we it's it's crazy yeah so hence why the catch-up yeah so it's, it's great to catch up again and like for anyone listening if you haven't watched the first show if you're interested in uh, sam's background and so on just watch that one we're going to talk more about your business, your equipment, just what we learned over the last year, what, what's changed, what's in the, coming up in the future and so on. That's what I wanted to discuss with you mostly. And I have a few questions also from Dan and a few other guys in New Zealand. So I try to get to those as well. And I'm going to try to keep it in within an hour or so if we can, but we'll see. Well, you caught me up on my birthday, so you know, uh, it better be worth it, Rob. Happy birthday. <laughs> Yeah, so I hope you are you taking the day off after this? I know it's morning time for you in Auckland, right? Yeah, honestly, I want to take the day off and I want to say I am, but I'm probably not. I'm probably just going to do some emails. Probably going to cover the shop a wee bit. We've got the guys coming in the afternoon. I think Josh is coming in. and But yeah, later on, I'll chill out. We'll go out for dinner, stuff like that. Pretty cold in New Zealand now. Yeah, it's the winter time for you. Yeah, it's dropped a lot. It's certainly not summer anymore, but it's there's still breeze, so there's still good conditions for testing. And if I dropped it, it's only dropped to about a three-two wetsuit, so it's it's not too bad. Down south has got some snow, so we've got to go down there a little later, wax the skis up, maybe take a wing to the mountain. I always wanted to do that. So yeah. So I'm sure you have a lot of people coming into your shop asking for that are beginners just getting into it. So I, I just want to always start the show with some tips for newbies, people getting into the sport, beginners. What do you tell people? What, what are some tips for people getting into the sport? Yeah, since I don't know how long it's been since it started, but I think right now, because there's so much information out there, like when someone walks in the store, we, we just, my game plan is to try and simplify the whole process. So it's quite, it's overwhelming when you look around, you can see foils, boards, wings, and people just go, whoa, where do I start? But we've written down like a, the board, the wing, really simple. We've actually got some super high volume boards, like 130s and stuff. We're doing like a bit of a trade and deal at the moment. So they can buy a bigger board and then they can progress on that for around six months. And then we can switch them out to a 
board that they're going to have for a longer period of time. And then we'll recirculate those bigger boards. It's maybe a bit of a stuff up on my part by having too many big boards in production. <laughs> so we're just making the opportunity to, yeah, to it's just in favor of the New Zealand customer to make their learning experience a little quicker. And then, yeah, I think when you get the wing, we've got three, four brands in the shop. And then we just, it comes down to a little bit of budget and a little bit of what the customer wants to spend. So it's, yeah. I oh, think so what volume, like for a beginner, like getting into, do you, do you put, send them right out on a full board? Do you tell them to use a windsurf board first with a dagger board or like what? And then um, from the first board, like what kind of volume do you recommend for beginners usually? If it's like the one board, I would just say 20, 20 liters above body weight. But we've got Alan down here at the lake. He's doing lessons. And because we've got these high volume boards, like one, 130s and 140s, we, they can just jump on those. Even if they're 80 kg, they're going to be super buoyant. They're going to learn the wing probably quicker than being on like a hundred liter board. And then they can just come back and switch that board out. But I think now it's 20, 20, 30 liters, maybe above body weight. I think the whole trend's obviously coming down. Boards are getting smaller. Yeah. I think the 50 to the 80s, the kind of the common sizes, actually most of mine went all around the world and didn't come here. So I ran out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I, def I definitely think the whole process for the new guy coming into the sport, new girl coming into the sport, it can be simplified a lot. They don't have to have three wings, three foils, two boards. It can be down to one of each and then they progress and then they come in and get some feedback. Yeah, you want Wait, you want to be able to get people on going without spending too much money too. Otherwise, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, the price. exactly. The main thing I've just noticed: people just getting too small a board, too small a foil. If you increase those two factors, then the learning process is just going to be so much easier and so much more fun. And then, in terms of learning, you said there's somebody doing lessons on a lake, kind of smooth water. Like any recommendations you have for the location, and then any tips for technique or getting started yeah yeah we're pretty lucky with the shop here we're five minutes down the road we've got this freshwater lake and alan operates down here it's not tidal obviously so he can be there at any time so flat water it, there are no waves so it's really stable so it's really easy to get going on each side and then we've got the bays we've got Whangaparaa Coast with Manly and all these sort of sheltered bays which get in like a west to a right round to south sort of southeast so you've always got that kind of flat water with those winds. So I would just say, just try and stick to the flat water with wind if you don't have access to a boat. And maybe even just grab a wing, jump on a skateboard or something. We're doing these little skateboard. You don't have to go on the water straight away. You can grab a wing, jump on the land, go to a big asphalt, a concrete area and just get the feel for the wing. I reckon that's been a cool thing. A lot of people are actually getting skateboards lately. So we're getting these little, what do we got in the shop? These slide carvers and... Yeah, they're selling pretty well with the wing, which is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, that's a great way to learn as well. All right. And then in terms of the, like, I know during the pandemic, probably a lot of people got into the sport. I know here in Hawaii, like it was, there was like booming and we never had enough inventory like last couple of years, but then it seems to tr be transitioning where the demand's kind of slowing down a little bit or the growth seems to be slowing down. Do you, and here in Hawaii anyways, are you experiencing the same thing in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Couldn't couldn't get enough stock. Couldn't get it in time. It was just frustrating at the time. I, I remember, and then it all arrived at once, and we did, we, we were just like full. And then it, the demand dropped off at the same time. So it was funny. But we actually had a seriously busy summer last summer. I was actually really surprised. It was extremely busy. We went through everything, and yeah, at the pandemic, I, there was a massive demand for gear. But 
which did drop off. I don't know, it just spiked. But then it, it dropped off and now it's flattened out. But I'm still seeing new, newbies coming into the sport, which is cool. Yeah, so actually speaking of the pandemic, so it, I know in New Zealand, you pretty much had no cases for a long time and you were able to keep COVID out of New Zealand. But it seems like recently, it's you guys have COVID too now, right? In New Zealand and it's like more prevalent or... Yeah, I think it's everybody's just getting it. Really, you gotten COVID yet? Oh yeah, I've had it, and then we've got we've got like a bit of a social win group developing, good friends, and one of them each week's dropping down with it. But it's a majority is just like a little cold, and then they're better in a week. And yeah, and most people are vaccinated by now, so it's not as bad as yeah. it was early yeah. on. And, 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 just, and no just, more shutdowns. Is that are, do you still have shutdowns or like what? No, are, nothing are, like that. Kind of wish we. I shouldn't say it. I wish we did. Click it, click and collect. Collect was working out pretty well getting on the water. But yeah, no, we haven't had the shutdowns. I think the government just realizes everybody's going to get this and, and most will get better and yeah, move on. And yeah, just get back in the water. I remember after I got it, I just got in the water as soon as I could and made sure I flushed out the salt water. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not as bad as we think it is. I think we need to just, yeah, carry on. Yeah, it depends on the person too. Like I've had, I had a kind of a cough for a long time that didn't go away, which is really frustrating. But but yeah, the, you had it. You yeah, I had it like in December, and then it took me like several months to get over the coughing. Like it wasn't that bad, the COVID itself, but I had this tickling in my throat, and I kept having okay. like having the coughing thing going on. I'm too I'm too weak. If I yeah. cough, just sorry about that, but <laughs> uh, it's fine. No, it's getting better. I honestly feel much better after wind foiling. Honestly, well, I can remember every, everybody in the world, if you get COVID, take up windfoiling because it'll get you better quicker. Yeah, this saltwater flushing helps. Yeah. But tell us a little bit about the foiling scene in Auckland and New Zealand. Like, what are, is there certain spots where everyone goes? Is it pretty busy? And like, how big is it compared to other water sports and stuff like that? I'm curious. Yeah, it's funny because it's, I'm noticing like it's just, foiling winging was the thing now it's i'm noticing all these little categories are emerging and the wing has allowed people to get into tow or, or pump or wake or we're even starting some races here at auckland which are getting pretty popular downwinding there's a bunch of guys that i downwind with every now and then it's i'm actually loving it it's it's i, just, I don't know kind of an endless wave for an hour and a half so we do it from it depends where we do it so we have a couple of spots that they're about 20k maybe and now we're just thinking do we need the wing maybe we'll just drop the wing and get maybe get a pedal and just see if we can do it without the wing i know my friend jason my friend who i met downwinding one day i was just going past him the other day and just i just threw him my wing and he grabbed it i just said just grab my wing and then i just kept downwinding like <laughs> just without it and just to be without a wing and just have your vision open right up is pretty awesome no i think like the wing has definitely helped like all these separate foil categories emerge and grow and people probably wouldn't have the confidence to do that if the wing hadn't come along so it's pretty awesome like that i think yeah, yeah, yeah. and it seems like the whole downwind equipment improved a lot too like you, you can get boards now that are more narrow faster a little bit longer for downwind foiling on a scent with this paddle because when I started, I was just using my regular stand-up surfing board, which was pretty short and wide, but it's really not ideal for catching bumps. And it was definitely hard work to even just get a bump and get up on the foil. And then by the time I got up on foil, I was so exhausted for <laughs> that I couldn't stay on very long usually. But yeah, I think I definitely want to get into that again as well. 
Yeah, so you're, are you, I mean, I know Hawaii, obviously, is, you're the leaders of the downwind inside of things. You've got some pretty, pretty leading shapers, brands there, which we all look at. But is that kind of emerging over there, just the downwind side of things? Oh, yeah, there's wanting? a pretty big crew here that does the downwind foiling. There's yeah. a bunch of guys, they call themselves the Voyager. They go on prone okay. boards, actually. They catch a breaking wave and then pump out and, and then do downwinders on prone boards. But if they fall in, they're not able to get back up again from in the bumps they need to yeah. paddle into the surf zone and then catch another one but there's also quite a few guys doing it with stand-up paddle boards and i want to get back that's how we got into winging derek and my friend jeff we were just downwinding on stand-up foil boards and then when the wings came around we're like oh let's try that and then it was just so much easier yeah it's nice having the backup of a wing and like you know we were considering like doing the whole deflate thing we've got these little mini travel pumps that we can take out and do that but i think uh, i think the goal now is just i have designed a downwind board we yeah we'll just start seeing if we can do it on those it's gonna i think it's gonna be a bit of a learning curve but a fun one it's like the challenge of the wing and i don't think we're gonna it's not like we're gonna ditch winging it's just like another thing that we're going to be doing in the right condition. To me, it's just, yeah, without the wing, these things just probably wouldn't have emerged so fast. I don't know if we would have been thinking like this, but. Yeah, yeah if anyone wants to get into downwind footing, James Casey has a great podcast and goes into a lot of detail on yeah. how to do it and like what, how to get into it and stuff like that, which is, I think, really good. He's very yeah, passionate he's about of, it. He's a bit of a freak. He's a, yeah. yeah. Definitely watching him and learning quite a bit. A lot of us here watching his pod, his YouTube videos and stuff like that. I was just wondering, are you on a are you on a mobile computer? Can you give us a little tour of your shop? Can you walk around a little bit, or is it like a desktop yeah, or yeah. something? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I've yeah, actually like, I've, yeah. Give us a little tour of what, what you got. I, I blocked it. It's a small shop. I blocked the front door with the wing, so no one would see Yeah, welcome. What are the foils you have? Look, I just saw some axis. Stab foils. We've got a few. It's scattered everywhere at the moment. So yeah, we've got some axis. We've got some sub. We've got some. We've got some lift, and then yeah, just a big bunch of boards here, and that's it. Yeah. Wow. So you basically every pretty much everything in your store is foiling or wing foiling related. Because I I know you originally you started as a stand up paddle brand and but it seems like you pretty much transitioned to all foil stuff, huh? Yeah, I've got some subs just sitting down the back, kind of collecting dust. But yeah, hopefully uh, someone comes along and people come in and do that. But I still think sup sup surf and it's a pretty cool sport. So hopefully it doesn't fade away to nothing but yeah it's definitely a wing specific shop I don't, I, we are the only wing specific shop the other shops they do a bit of everything even wetsuits we got approached the other day i'm not i'm like oh, i don't know if i want to sell wetsuits it's just gonna it's just gonna complicate things but we're down the street called barry's point road it's like kind of the street for toys there are three other sort of surf there's back door there's another one up the road there's one next to us and they all sell that sort of stuff so yeah the shop's gonna we're gonna get surfboards just fun boards in the summer i think there's a bit of a market to merge so that's gonna be called just bright fun boards and stuff like that but yeah we're pretty much full wing specific and yeah really specialized in it just feel and everybody here wings who works here so it's pretty cool we've got some really talented wing foilers that, that are working here too yeah right on so i wanted to talk a little bit about your the soar boards like we recently got those 
in stock and uh, share the yeah we it took a long time for the for us to get them i think it took six months or something the shipping to from yeah. vietnam to hawaii it took quite a while but, but we do have them in stock now and i've been testing it i have the one right behind me here and and yeah i just wanted to talk a little bit about the boards and get your have you talk a little bit about them yeah absolutely Tell us a little bit about the whole design thing. And yeah, actually, I have a little video too. So I did want to share that. Let me go to that. But yeah, tell us a little bit about the design and everything. And I'll just play this video in the background a little bit. Yeah, cool. So this is this is basically the saw is, I guess, the evolution from the glide, which is our which was our first kind of wing specific board that we did that I designed. So uh, this is quite a small size. This is an F34, just so you can see it. The popular sizes are the 50, 50 liter up, 50 to 90 liter boards. I've actually got 10 sizes now. I just chucked in all these extra sizes to fill the gaps. I don't think there's any downside of having too many sizes now between sort of 30 and 100 liters. So yeah, the whole design behind this board and the change was basically just flattening the tail and just losing all kind of that bevel that we had in the glide and just keeping the board really flat through here and i always just want to keep that kind of surf look of our boards with with the nose i don't know to me it just feels like you're still on a surfboard you've still got that kind of like responsive kind of surfboard feel i don't know i know a lot of boards are going square but try to keep the outline surfboard wing board as much as i can and then just a little concave in the deck. But the main unique kind of factor with these boards, and we haven't really gone over it that much, is the construction. Yeah. So, so tell us a bit in, about the construction. Yeah. So they're made in they're made in Vietnam. They're made in one of probably one of the leading factories in the world. So each board actually has their own specific mold. So each size, each model has a mold, the aluminium mold. So the core is basically formed in that mold, and it's it forms a perfect core like cnc you get a little bit of aeration a little bit of non-perfect kind of feel finish or whatever so you get a really perfect core and then after you've got that core the whole board's basically wrapped in pvc about a mil of hd and then the whole carbon outer layer and it gives you this kind of like i don't know if you've if you squeezed them yeah it's kind of kind of poppy kind of concrete feel even though they're super light so it really like more i think wing foilings like really pushing boards and putting a lot of stresses on boards we've seen like tracks coming out we've seen things happen to other boards but it's funny because this construction process has meant that we haven't really we haven't had any issues we haven't had any warranties we haven't had anything so it's been cool that we can like confidently just sell a board which is going to last and i think that's when i was younger i used to buy surfboards i used to get just over the fact that they'd just soften up or break down after a while but even though these are double the price for manufacturing they they'll they'll last forever i just uh, yeah i was going to share this video and maybe i can talk a little bit about my impressions of the board too yeah, I the one I tested that's behind me, that's the 83 liter model, which is actually a little bit bigger than the one I used. And, and I used like a mount on my strut of my wing. Yeah. But yeah, so the board is a little bit bigger and wider than the one I was used to, but it felt really nice. And on, on a lighter wind day, definitely makes it a lot easier to get going when you have that more stable board. And then also, I really like the concave shape that it, when you're kneeling on the board, it just kind of 
feels real solid. Like you can almost that, that I guess that concave deck, it feels like you can almost push your knees against it on the side. <laughs> so it makes it feel nice and stable. So that's something I noticed that for getting up on foil, it was, it felt really good for that. I, I actually, I wanted to ask you why you like, I know on your original boards, you had like longer fin boxes, but then on this one, on the sore boards, you just have the regular size US boxes, right? Yeah, so the long, yeah, the, there was nothing against the long boxes, but they just added quite a bit of weight that we didn't want. When you have a long box, the whole thing's HD, it's top to bottom, deck to the base. So it just added unnecessary weight. I felt we could just position the box in the right spot after testing a lot of different sizes and just get it in the right spot. And mm -hmm. we tested a lot of different four brands and they worked in that spot. So I don't know. Reducing the weight was just, yeah, the main factor on that one. I've yeah, I feel like the regular size boxes are fine. Yeah. But yeah, this was wondering I, if you, yeah, why, what your thinking was on the It was just a weight factor. Honestly, when I think people are getting more, like kind of not picky, but they can be right. It's a lot of money to invest in a board. And yeah, a light, a light board is something that people look for. It's nice to have a light board under your feet. And if you can make it light and strong, I think it's just a winning combo. So yeah, I'm glad you said that about the concave because it, although it gives you quite a kind of thick looking rail, it, when you're in it, you feel a little, I think a little more locked in just being a little closer to the foil. So that's cool that you noticed that. Yeah, that definitely. And then also having that flat tail for board and the wide tail, it feels very stable because it's so wide in the tail as well. And then just having a flat bottom definitely helps, especially when I'm using a more high aspect foil now and uh, which you can't really pop it up at a steep angle you just have to slowly ramp it up and for that kind of, for those kind of foils especially i think having any kind of kick in the tail doesn't really help much because you want to just go start it more flat and slowly come up instead of popping up the foil so i noticed that for kind of more high aspect foils that shape definitely seems to work well you know yeah, it's almost like this board is like a simple version. The, our first board, I think it was good, but it was a bit, it had a lot of chimes. I think we we're just maximizing the surface area. And then once, once you lift off, so you don't want, you don't want much board under your feet. So I guess the goal with designing this board was the most stable board for the size. I think we achieved that pretty well. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked on these boards. I think people are going to love them. Really good feedback so far. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Right on. Yeah, and then I just wanted to ask again too about the your volume recommendation. You said rider weight plus 20, 20 kilograms or so. And then just to be clear, like that's the weight in kilograms. So if you're like like it's always you have to convert it first from pounds to kilograms if you're in the US. So one or two 2.2 2 pounds is one kilogram. Yeah. So you have to take your body weight in pounds divided by 2.2 and that gives you your weight in kilograms and then add 20 kilograms to that that's a pretty good weight for beginner inter intermediates yeah and then as you get better you can have more lower and lower volume but you don't want to go low volume too early because yeah it's a lot harder to to write a smaller board yeah i even for myself i think i'm gonna increase my volume which is which sounds weird but i've been writing 52 liters is it 52 yeah 52 liters uh, yeah, the 52. I keep forgetting the volumes, even though I designed them all. So yeah, I've been writing that one a lot. But honestly, I get a little caught out in the light breeze. And I don't really want to drive around with three boards in the van. I think I'm going to chop between two. So I'm going to use like a, the new 68 and the 82 for the light days. So 
Yeah, I wanted to go as small as possible, but I did that and I, I could ride the 39 liter or whatever, but I don't know. I just now I just want to be comfortable. And I, if I want to, if I get off the foil, I'm still on a really short board. Like I think four eight is a really short board. In my opinion, you can still really carve it around and just have that volume if the wind drops or something in your session to get going. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like on, in lighter on lighter wind days, if you're on a really small board, you tend to then want to basically have to use a bigger wing or something that you have to make up for it because you want to be able to get going. So yeah, then yeah. you have to use a bigger wing to be able to get going on a smaller board. And that's a trade-off too, because it's nice to have a smaller wing when you're, especially when you're on a wave or something like that. That's always a trade-off. And not, yeah, smaller isn't always better necessarily, I would say. No, I, talk, I speak to people with the windsurfing and the same thing I think happened. Everyone went as small as they could and then it came back a little bit and then ever, and you find your kind of comfortable volume. So that that's a thing that I've just realized in myself. So I'll just, I'll hand it on to people coming in the store or whatever. Yeah. And then in saying that, um, we're, I've, we're introducing a Saw Pro, which is going to be 53, 63, 73, 83 liters. And it's just going to be that kind of That's 23, this. yeah, what is it? 23 kind of with, I think there's a little bit of a need for that narrowish kind of board, just to give you a bit of responsiveness. And as people are progressing, they're wanting a smaller board under their feet. So, yeah. So this is basically based on the same shape, just a little bit narrower, the Pro yeah. version. Okay. And a flatter deck, so no concave. So I've planted the deck off, squeezed a bit more volume in and narrowed the board. And it, I think it's going to be a cool one with the race scene. And it's just got a slightly wider stance. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to mention again, we do have those sore boards in stock now here at Blue Planet. And our website price includes free shipping in the US. So it's a pretty, pretty nice price. They're not cheap, but like you said, the weight and size, weight and strength ratio is excellent. And these are the sizes we have, 34 liters, 52 liters, 83, 105, 130, 144. So that's how you name the models too, by the volume, right? I think. Yeah, we name them by the volume and it confuses the, sh the crap out of the factory. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know. I think volume's a good indicator for a board, maybe in a shop for, for your staff and stuff selling them. For the customer, I don't know. What do you think? It's I think it's the most important number for like, for a wingboard probably is the volume I, I i would say i think it's that makes sense but of course also the width and the length and all that kind of stuff is important as well but definitely the volume is the first thing i, I would look at yeah so, so yeah I, they are pricey but they are around probably double what a board maybe costs in china to make so one, once people if they pick them up feel them understand the construction process and know that the board's going to last a lot longer and then the resale value is obviously a lot easier or higher you mm -hmm. can justify that price yeah, yeah. if only and people compared saw, to other yeah, yeah. other brands are in that same price range too the armstrong and if they're good I mean, if it's a good high quality construction it costs some money i always think in life there's got to be a reason why you pay more for something i was listening to a pretty funny podcast last night about like threads and textiles and like sheets and the whole thread count thing is like a complete crockish like it's not correct just saying you've got a high thread count it's the actual quality of the cotton and the weave i think it's called brooklyn sheets or something the us-based company but it's a really interesting podcast actually i listen to a lot of business podcasts but that was just one of them i think this is yeah i myself i would feel i would feel wrong selling something at a high price for no reason so this is the reason they do cost double to make they do have their own mold that you've got to invest in and yet they are significantly 
lighter and stronger, I think, than a lot of boards on the market. So I'm pretty stoked with, with that. Yeah. You also just sent me this picture of a new model you have coming out. You want to mention that real quick? Oh, the cool. Link. Yeah. Oh, that, that's the link. That's the downwind board I mentioned earlier. So the link, but linking the waves. Yeah. It's narrower, a lot of volume packed in to one board. And obviously it's got the 16 tracks i think with the longer board a little bit of adjust a little bit more adjustability is quite a good thing i think you'll be going a little bit further forward maybe for the downwinders and stuff like that and then you can see it's hard to see but you've got these sort of channels up the side where the tracks are it's obviously flat but the channels run all the way up the board so they almost set like fins all the way down the board so they keep you tracking so one of the things when you're paddling the board goes side to side so the design behind these boards that you'll track and then that'll assist you with popping up on the foil because you're going to be straight. You're not going to be using your body to keep the board straight so much. So did you design this as a downwind stand-up foil board or for wing foiling downwind? Or- downwind stand-up pedal board. Yeah, but the I think the smaller side's 90, 91 liters, so it could be a bit of a crossover. But yeah, ultimately designed it for downwind stand-up pedal. It's 100% with a pedal. I also wanted to ask you real quick on the the leash plugs. You have one that's off-centered over here. So I was just curious. Yeah, I'm using the off-centered one just to test it out. And I guess it helps with the board not coming straight back at you. Is that what the thinking is behind that? Yeah, it actually happened to me. I was just about a year ago. I was wing foiling at one of our local places, Ariwa. And I came down a wave and then I just crashed really fast. Everything happened really fast, like it does when you crash. And the board just slingshotted into my head and I got like seven stitches here, which was, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And then it was, it's actually Josh, a guy that Josh Armit, who works in the shop, he's one of my team riders. And he, he actually, I'm not going to claim this. He suggested, just why don't you just offset a leap? So, so the fork just grabs and doesn't come straight back at your head. So I did. So there is a reason why that thing is offset. And when you're going super fast, if you do have a crash, like Josh Armit's doing 32 knots sometimes and you have a crash, it is quite nice to not have that board slinging at you. Yeah. If it's attached. Especially yeah. if you have a shorter leash, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think Josh actually uses a leash when he does his speed runs, which is a good idea. Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple of questions that Dan Regan sent to me. And so first of all, he said in terms of product marketing, as an example, we both sell each other's products. So you have some Blue Planet products in your shop. I sell your products in my shop Yeah, uh, and you have your alien. Yeah. You have our alien wings and some of the boards in your shop and so on. And you both have the same issue. The boards are not known in Hawaii and the alien wings are not well known in New Zealand. It's an interesting challenge. Just can you talk a little about that and like how, what, yeah, the challenge of selling something that people are not as familiar with? How do you do that? Yeah. 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 It's a good point. Familiarity generally helps to sell pretty for a shop, but it's, if it's like anything, if you focus on it and you spend a bit of time out there on it and you talk to people at the beach, I know Dan, he's always at the beach. He's always out there winging. He's in Koei, which is pretty cool because it's a different part of Auckland. So, I mean, he's out there all the time. We've got them in the shop. I'm about to start riding them and I'm looking at them and I'm going, they look really cool for downwinders because they've got that dihedra. I know they're going to fly flat. I can just tell by looking at them. So yeah, we're, we've actually minimized our wings to actually, we only sell at the moment, your wing and our wing in the shop. And I know that kind of sounds a little biased, but there's just been a lot of wings being brought into New Zealand. So we've just simplified it 
a lot. So yeah, I think I'm loving the big window on your wing. I was going to ask you, why did you actually call it the alien? What did you see a UFO when you were <laughs> like, I, when I just saw some video of me using it, it looks, I thought it looked a little bit like a, the head of an alien with the funky oval eyes, but the, those windows, because originally I had one prototypes yeah. with a window and without a window. Yeah. And, and I found actually the windows, if anything, I actually liked the way it worked better with the windows for some reason, I think maybe because of the location and having maybe a little bit more stretch right there where the windows are actually helps with the profile of the wing. Maybe I don't know why, but it felt I really mean, good. The, the one with the people, wing. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, go ahead. People commented, I've seen it in the shop, that, and they've just gone, "Oh my gosh, I can see everything." I think it's really cool, and the wing, the wing feels really clean. I reckon it's going to be, yeah, it's going to do really well. Yeah, it has a nice profile. Yeah, it has like a really stiff, a lot of tension in the wing itself like pre-tension yeah i noticed it's a lot thicker than ours through here through the hole so pretty a pretty beefed up wing yeah rigid frame so rigid on yeah frame. yeah oh that's cool the idea behind it but yeah let's talk a little bit about about your new wing design so what's oh, what's new okay. on your wings the main thing with our wing was getting it a little lighter. So we just, we rearranged the whole panel layout to just simplify it. We played around with the X-Ply. I don't know if I spoke about that last time, it was probably after, but we actually, we tested 100% X-Ply, different panels. And then we landed on just using these panels, chuck it in here because these are the panels which take the load. You actually, yeah, you just avoid a lot of stretch through here. It seems material. like that's always where the wing tends to wrinkle. I get wrinkles when it's powered up. So yeah, I could see that. Yeah, the wing itself, the wing tips, we pulled them in a little bit. Some people were complaining with the surge, it was a little bit spanny. So we pulled the tips in, changed the panel layout, different windows in the x five, changed the handle positions as well a little bit, just to balance it out, but yeah. It's honestly pretty similar. It's pretty similar feel, but it is a lot different at the same time. So I think ultimately the canopy might last a bit longer having this X-Play. I mean, and then in terms of the X-Play, you said you tried the whole wing. I know like Reedon has that one wing that's all X-Play. And but what was your experience with that? And why didn't you go full X-Play on the wings? Like what was the downside uh, of it? I just didn't like the weight of it. And I just... It, it's super powerful. There's no doubt about that. But I think to me personally, it was just to a point where it was almost too powerful and it was just a bit too kind of jerky or whatever. And I think with wings, just weight is a big one. We're seeing it with new materials and stuff emerging on the market, bringing the weight down. And these materials are super expensive. I think a lot of brands are maybe fighting for them at the moment. But mm -hmm. yeah, I just wanted to keep the weight down while having a powerful wing. If, I think if you, for the smaller sizes, you're going to be out in a lot of winds, the weight's taken away with the wind, but then the bigger sizes, you're always going to feel that weight. I think, especially with anyone learning, if you can, if it's, if you don't feel as much wing, it's going to be a, it's going to handle the wing. It's going to be a lot easier. So it's a tough one. It's a tough one when you're designing these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always a compromise between different things. Right. So Dan's asking here, where do you see wing tech going and are we going to see wings becoming more genre specific now that racing and freestyles freestyles seem to be diverging more are we going to see wings designed specifically for high speed versus more freestyle free riding i think so yeah i always wanted to do a carbon laminate wing for the moth cells they have like a a full carbon laminate 
probably shouldn't say it on here, giving away my idea anyway. I, but look, it's not going to be a big part of the market. You're, I might make 10. We were going to, we were talking about it last year, doing a full carbon laminate wing. The wing's probably going to retail for $5,000. It's not a, it's certainly not a recreational wing. It's a performance wing and it's, yeah, it, yeah. You'll use it racing, but then I don't know. I think wings, we're still at the stage where it's wreck and they, they do stretch. They do, they, they have a lifespan. Yeah. I think we'll see some, like the thing is, I don't think we haven't seen huge changes in the last two years. They're still inflatable. Most brands are still using the same canopy material. Some brands are using different Dacron substitutes. And I mean, that's ultra and obviously rigid handles, but we haven't, I don't think we've seen massive developments yet. To be honest, I think I might have mentioned last time we'd see a rigid wing with a carbon frame, but we haven't really seen that yet. I think Kylie needed a video. Yeah, with speed. the rigid wing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems but, like obviously it would have less drag if you have a smaller leading edge diameter, but I yeah. don't know if it's, yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel like that's still a, I think inflatables, it's the way that's the way they are, the way they can pack down, the way you can travel with them, the way there aren't too many moving parts. It's like, they're actually a pretty genius design. <laughs> so I yeah. don't know, isn't that, maybe that's just saying they are a genius design. They are ahead of themselves. That's why they haven't progressed that much. I think they're getting cleaner. They're getting lighter. They're more balanced. All these things are like awesome. Mm -hmm. That's where they need to go for pure enjoyment. Feeling something balanced is amazing. But yeah, I don't know if we're going to see like, a lot of rigid wings out there sold to especially newbies coming to sports probably not a good thing having anything hard on your wing actually when for sure yeah definitely not for entry level but i could see it becoming more specialized where people just start trying to milk every little bit of speed out of their equipment i was talking to alan cadiz about the, they have like race the summer racing now in on maui and guinea's talking about the foils they use and the board boards and wings everything's optimized for speed but it's, yeah. it's a different um, like yeah, you said it's a small market that was that was pretty cool to see that we're actually yeah we've got some races of our own developing here in auckland up at manly yacht club and it's pretty cool guys like russell cood are out there on the boat like he's a bit of a legend sailor so he's out there watching us there are gold medalist windsurfers doing these races there are surfers coming in obviously i'm a surfer so there are all these different kind of backgrounds coming into these into racing and yeah they're certainly pushing things but yeah i think the whole the, the most developing part of the sport's probably been the foil in my opinion so far yeah. Part of the sport. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is this the shim. Like we we sell these shims oh, yeah. too, and they're super convenient because you can slide it in without removing the foil completely. Or you have you can put the foil on and then just slide the shim in, and it has like a one degree tilt. So can you talk a little bit about what your thoughts behind that? And oh, you got one right there. So I'm gonna yeah. stop the screen sharing. You can show it and talk a little bit about it and how it works and what how you use it. Yeah. Okay. The shim, it's important to note that it's nothing to do with the foil. It's just the picture. The, I don't want to confuse any, everybody. So it's nothing to do with the foil. The foils shimmed out with tail shims. So we're not changing anything to do with the foil. All we're doing is changing the angle of attack of the board. So some people actually, a writer, Adam Bennett, so he flips it around and puts it at the back of his board. He likes that feel that it gives him to his foil. Most riders just slide it in at the front of the board and it noses up the board a little bit. So it's just basically going to give you a little bit of added front foot pressure, or it's going to just, the boards now are going to be like that a little bit. So when you touch down, you're just going to pop up instead of maybe touching down and nose diving or whatever. It's, mm. 
it's just a feel thing. Not our boards don't have to have it. I ride our boards without it. I ride it with it. I prefer it with now all the time. I'm just used to it. It's just that it just gives you like a nice kind of front foot pressure. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty good for racing at speeds too. Just getting the board angled just up a little bit so you can just push down a bit harder when you wind up at certain speeds. I, I yeah, agree. So go ahead. yeah, this is molded, so it's not 3D printed. There's a few 3D printed ones on the market. We tried that, it, they break. So this can get hammered. There's actually quite a bit of pressure that's loaded on these with the bolts and the foil. So, and you can use it, you can slide it up and down. So you don't have to use the whole one degree. You can go to 0.5 or. Yeah, no, totally. I think, and it's amazing how much that one degree of difference, you can definitely feel it. And I think where it really makes a difference if you, or if you see a video of yourself and you're flying at high speeds and the nose is angled downwards a little bit, at high, you got to push the nose downward a little bit to keep the foil from overfoiling, basically. Then yeah. that means if you do get close and your nose kind of touches down a little bit, that you get like a really rapid deceleration. And especially for like toe foiling or something like that, high speeds, you never want the nose to be pointing downwards when you're going fast. So... I think that's where that shim and shimming it so the nose is up a little bit is really helpful for that. Because, yeah, like you said, when you touch down at high speed, it's much easier to recover from it when your nose is pointed up a little bit versus downwards. And then, but I've also had people say that when they put it on the back side to kind of give the foil a bit more angle because it does increase the angle of the front wing by one degree as well when you're not foiling. So it does help at the takeoff speed is a little bit easier to take off you got like more built-in angle of attack to take off and yeah. when you do shim it when you put it in the front you do have to make up for that by putting maybe a little bit more weight on the tail to lift off I think yeah and it, it does make a little bit of it has a little bit of effect on the foil too these are just little toe boards but it's because the board's so short it's i've been using it a lot with toe foiling. i've been getting more and more into toe foiling lately with the jet ski yeah, but there's not a lot of boards having the shim just you're going a bit faster too so it gives you a little bit more kind of confidence when you get into a critical turn you've got the nose up and yeah it just i don't know it feels good but yeah i'm, I'm loving really loving my toe foiling lately just awesome. the, the speed of it and just yeah we've been heading down to raglan quite a bit and other places and towing places where nobody is and it's just been pretty incredible so that's been cool awesome yeah. So what, like for you to get really big waves, like what swell directions do you, do you need? So for Raglan, as it's on the West coast of New Zealand, we need just really big sort of South, Southwest, West swells. Anything over sort of four meters produces about a double or triple overhead wave. Not like your swell, not that big ocean swell that you guys get, but we get some pretty solid swells. So a friend so of mine... And Daniel those are and usually in your winter time. When it's winter, that's when the southwesterlies are probably big. Or yeah, it's yeah, it is more winter, but it's been all over the place lately. I don't know what's going on. We actually had some pretty good swells over the summer down there. But yeah, you usually we have winter. We haven't had a cyclone on the east side of the New Zealand's kind of usually pretty small compared to the west. Now Raglan's good. It's got a boat ramp. It's safe. And yeah, heading out there quite a bit with a mate Daniel. Now it's been good. We're both learning a lot of stuff and. Yeah, the crucial thing with towing is having a good tow partner, so someone you can trust and have fun with and talk about gear and mix it up. And yeah, it's good. Yeah, 
Definitely. And you want someone that's like my friend, Jeff Chang, he just like under pressure, he's like super calm and, and never gets freaked out. Or it's always, like, oh, it's okay. There's a huge wave coming at us Anything and the skis stalled or whatever. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll get it going again. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, it, yeah. and that's how you figure it out. But yeah, if you yeah. freak out, that does never helps. Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You, yeah. You can never be too safe or too calm in the ocean. And yeah, no, it's yeah. Cool, calm and collected is key. Yeah. So in terms of wing foiling, are you working on any new moves or like what what are you what or any goals for you for yourself or like progressing oh honestly i've been working i've been working so hard lately on new products and new things and just getting even like accessories like a v-strap and these things take so much time so i've been relying on our team riders around here to do the moves in the speed runs and the backflips and the wave riding for me yeah it's yeah i think since since the pandemic or whatever it's been just really crucial to be really really closer than ever to your factory or to your your designer factory whatever we have a new wing designer now so we're working on the new wing but that's going to be 20 late 2023 new models i think we're just gonna we're gonna i think slow things down do things that kind of make more sense release them in a kind of a timely manner i think i i don't know for me to me a lot of companies are releasing things a little like little too fast and i want to slow things down and make it make it really make sense when you release something yeah that's been yeah. my thing no i agree with that just as an example like jimmy lewis his boards don't really change like he doesn't really have a season he just has his that. board models and they're available and it helps retailers too because they don't just you don't have to run it after a year because it's still the same model for next year yeah if you like and unlike other brands like Starboards, for example, they always have a new season. Everything changes, all new colors and sizes and shapes and whatever. And then all the old stuff is considered obsolete or whatever. So then you have to discount it. And it's really not obsolete. And then they always say it's way better. But how, mu how much can you improve it every year for 30 years? So. Yeah, exactly. So, something to me, it has to, if it's way better, then why is it way better? What have you done? What, how's it different? Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it's every retailer's nightmare to have a sale all the time. And yeah, I don't know. I think because the sports, it's we're still in the early days. I think like it's rushed ahead really quickly with development, but I think we're still in the early days. I think we're going to still see a lot of new people come into the sport. And we're getting creative here in the shop this summer, figuring out how we're going to target more kind of mainstream, maybe lines of media to get new people into the sport. Our wings are going to be available on our Air New Zealand Airpoints website. So that's that's interesting because a lot of people that have never heard of wing foiling they're going to see these wings and go what is this i think that's cool we're going to do a bit of a video and go around like a mall and go up to people and go have you guys heard of wing foiling and make a bit of an edit so i'll post that one up in a few months but i think generally when you go around like maybe a place like new zealand or whatever most people haven't heard of it so it's still it's still so niche it's still pretty small in my opinion and it's still got a long way to go yeah, that's a couple of questions that Dan asked as well. Like, how do you get more people into winging? I agree that it was still early days for well, sure. Again, and then again, also, again. and then the second <laughs> question was, how did you, how were you able to get the wings out globally for a small TV-based New Zealand brand? How were you able to get do uh, expand globally? And how do you get, how do you do that part? Yeah, don't ask me about the global question. No, <laughs> no that was... I don't know still. No, okay. To, Dan needs to come in the shop. I already asked him to do jet ski lessons with me. We need to do that together. I want Dan in here a couple of days a week. So there you go, Dan. I know you've got your day job, but you would be critical to have in the shop. You're a great salesman. You're great with people. And we, we talk a lot together. So we 
probably wouldn't get much done. Yeah, I, in terms of the win globally, I think it was like anything, like when you listen to all these like podcasts and stuff, it's all about timing. And we just had a good wing at the right time and managed to get it around the right people, got it to sub border, got a good review out, got it around at least, we had it around five or six key international sellers and that grew to about 30. So now we're selling into about 30 different countries. I don't know. It's kind of social media. It's a platform. Maybe you can grow things faster than what you could have in the past. You can you can come out with great videos and photos and content. And I think it, if you do it right, you can get that kind of exposure and Someone in Singapore rang me last week. They saw me on us on Instagram and they now we've got someone in Singapore and it's, it's cool. It's just growing like that at the moment. So yeah, we're getting about two more, inter, two international sales a month at the moment. So nice. yeah, before it gets too busy, I'll probably cap it. Yeah. So I was wanted to ask you that too. What is your vision for PPC? Like, how do you see it? Like in five years, like what's your company going to be like and yeah vision for that yeah it's seriously a good question i've sat down with a bunch of few people who've done a three five-year plan and to me because i'm still the sole owner of this company don't ask me why or how but it got to a point where it's definitely almost out outgrown me especially having the shop and the brand and it's it made me realize maybe i focus on one or the other keep both have one manage focus. My, my love is product development so to me i'll certainly focus on the brand and PPC for me is just about coming up with products which make sense and like our term is optimize your foiling experience so every product that we design it it needs to optimize your foiling experience if it doesn't then there's no point doing it to me I re- so I really want to yeah just keep slowly adding products where I see fit to just better the experience of the rider who's foiling and they're doing these little UFO tow boards are pretty like they're tiny little things. I didn't think we'd sell them, but we're selling them internationally, which is crazy. And people actually laughed at me when I was doing the downwind board. They said, why are you doing that? Like down, I don't know, such a small market, but I don't know. Just when I get onto something, I just love designing things. Who knows how big paddle downwinding is going to get, but it's there certainly. And I think people are going to get into it and we're going to see all these categories of foiling expand and foiling's definitely a sport where it's sticking around it's like surfing it's its own thing now surfing's still growing i think globally for like five percent a year foiling it's pretty cool that we're in that it's a, it's its own thing yeah cool but it sounds like you're not focused just on growth it's more like you want to provide cool products for yeah. the market and just yeah. stay to relevant me, and have innovative yeah. designs and things like that yeah it's cool because i don't have anyone to answer to and it's I'm my own boss like you it's, yeah I, I 100% just want to do products that make sense and that I want to do and you know that I see fit that fit into it and yeah it's uh, I think it's funny because we've got boards we've got wings we've got accessories foot straps everything's coming in but we don't have a foil <laughs> so so yeah, yeah let's, so we talked about foil, wings right? and boards so let's talk about foils a little bit you mentioned that you are working on a foil design now your own foil design is that right yeah, yeah, it's correct. It's funny because I've ha- I've actually had a foil on file for five, five and a half years now. Like I designed a foil with a friend in Christchurch five years ago. It's been on file. I just didn't want to make it because I felt like it wouldn't compete with, with the top brands. So it just sat there. So yeah, lately, I wasn't even going to say on the show that I was going to, we're going to do a foil, but yeah, we're working on a foil. We're 
quite a few months into it, working with a team of engineers in Auckland and a couple of design hydrodynamics guys in the US. So yeah, we're just, we're slowly working through it and it's, yeah, it's a really fun project. It's almost like I want it to be slow because it's so much fun. Yeah. And it's tricky. It's tricky because the my expectations for myself is really high with the foil. It's got to be good. It's got to be able to compete with the best. And luckily, I've seen every a lot of foils on the market. I've been on them. I've seen how I've seen their weaknesses. I've seen their strengths. I've seen things that annoy me. Even things down to different tools that you need. Two different tools for the same foil. It's just little things like that. I think I'm confident we can iron. And yeah, we're going to have a good foil, hundred percent. Yeah, I found the bit, one of the biggest challenges of building foils was the the you know the, having a good manufacturer to do it, and I, like and just yeah the production issues and the manufacturing and construction issues were like almost more yeah like it's one thing to design yeah. a really good foil, but then to build it and have it consistently and all the specs be right that's and that's where you're saying like communicating with the manufacturers and so it takes a lot of time and effort. And for Blue Planet, I decided that with, for us, it's hard to compete on that with the brands that focus just on foils, Armstrong or Axis, that they're so focused on their foils and their foil design. For me, it's just, I pretty much said, I'm just going to let them do that. And I, we focus more on the boards and the wings. Mm. But Yeah, um, I was honestly going to, sorry, I was thinking the same thing. And honestly, I, we weren't going to do a foil. I was really happy with our boards, our wings and accessories. But yeah, you're right. You start with the factory. You almost start with the factory and work backwards. Our board factory is pretty good. So our foils are going to be made in the same factory. And I'm confident now that we can, yeah, that we can develop a good foil. Like we've learned a hell of a lot about connections. And in my opinion, the most crucial part of a foil is the connection, all the connection points. Foil, no, foils are so complicated, but then we're talking about just a few connection points. Those just have to be absolutely robust and no, no weaknesses, no movement. And uh, yeah, there's been a lot of mass talk lately, a lot of foils, high aspect, mid aspect, low aspect. So yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting process for the next year or so. But yeah, hopefully we have a fall for the next podcast. <laughs> Excellent, that's exciting. So let's talk a little bit about. And I was gonna to say too, just being able to test all the different foils that you use, like different different brands and so on. That's so helpful in designing your own too, because if you can try things from different manufacturers, different designers, and stuff like that, that really helps you figure out what what works for you and what you want in your own design. So I think sometimes like team riders or whatever that are used to only riding one foil or one manufacturer, they don't really understand like the differences between, let's say between a really stiff mass and a softer mass or whatever. You don't really understand it until you try it. So you can talk about it, but unless you try it and feel it, it's yeah. But anyways, I like that also there's a question, another question from Dan. The challenges of global shipping and production over the last two COVID years. How is this going to impact our market in the coming year? Let's talk a little bit about the challenges you had in New Zealand and then how do you think it's going to affect us in the going forward? Yeah, as your shipping's increased, I don't know, by five, five, five times the amount, maybe four years ago. So you got to really think about what you're putting in that container. I think that's the main thing. So it's like, it's actually made me think more critically about product development because of shipping costs in a roundabout way. You've got to ensure that what you put in that container or what you ship 
is the best thing that you can put in it yeah it's so you've for me it's we've just i've just invested way more than usual in production so production with boards wings is i've just we've just gone like four times as much as usual so we just ensure that we've got stock on hand stock here yeah when the pandemic happened the factory in vietnam they shut down for four months and that, that caused probably a delayed 12 month 12 month delay on production yeah it's planning and it's just ensuring that you've got like such the best product you can put in that container and ensure you're we're getting a b2b system set up now on the website for our sellers which is going to help out a hell of a lot but yeah it's like a learning process we didn't know that shipping would i don't know i don't know how expensive it's going to get is well, it going to come back <laughs> yeah it seems to be leveling off and i think like some of the frothy really crazy prices don't it's come back down to more normal but yeah, it's, I think it's just going to be elevated because of the higher fuel costs and all that. But yeah, I was going to mention too, like those sore boards that we ordered, they were ready to ship, I think, in December. And then we actually didn't get them till like early July, I think. Yeah, so something like that. So it took six or seven months for us to get boards from Vietnam to Hawaii, which is crazy. But yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, we've got two 40-footers two, two coming to New Zealand this summer, so... We have a lot of stock in New Zealand. I think the key is a lot of brands obviously have access to the 3PLs and setting up. A, the goal would be to set up 3PLs in US, Europe, in our busier locations. And that's probably where we'll go. So yeah, third-party logistics is probably the answer. And But they they also take a margin. It's just what you have to, you've got to do to get out there, though, I think. And I think I really believe in our products. So I think that's the way to go. Unless you want to order six containers and be our 3PL. <laughs> yeah but it's a difficult one it's a difficult yeah it's a difficult one yeah definitely it's a challenge the logistics is definitely a big challenge right now talk a little bit about hood river you said that you're going to hood river right this summer or our summer yeah i'm looking at flights now at school holidays and flights from new zealand were like seven thousand returns so i'm just keeping an eye on it for the next few weeks school holidays finish in two weeks i'll look at it after that so we've got our friend, my friend George is over there. She's a quite a well-known photographer in this up sort of wing world. And she's over there now staying with, I think she's staying with Fiona and Aiden. So that's Fiona Wilds and Aiden, her partner. So there's a kind of a Kiwi crew over there. So yeah, I'm just looking at that river and just going, yeah, I definitely need to get in there and meet up with some people. And we sent some of our gear over to Aiden. He's trying it. And yeah, and then it's obvious. So hopefully I make Hood River and then to the to Hawaii and then back. Be good to catch up with you and go for a wing with you and the guys. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. We'll have I to make a little video about yeah, that. I, was talking about, I actually spoke to my friend Jason yesterday. I said I was there was a, some flights to Hawaii for 400 bucks. I was going to surprise you and I just imagine if I just turn up to Hawaii and knocked on Rob's door at the start of the interview. Yeah, we could it, it would have been together. kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No, that, that would be cool. Yeah, come visit. Are you going to go to... Are you going to go to Hood River? Are you? What plans have you got? I don't really have plans to go because I I just went to Europe. I was in Germany for a couple of weeks and then I'm also going to Florida in September. So that's I'm going to the Surf Expo in, in Orlando. I already had that plan and I have some friends that live there and they help me out and stuff. So it's always a fun trip for me. But I've been wanting to. I lived in Hood River for a summer, three, four months. And I really love that place. It went back in the windsurfing days. That was before I winged, before foiling was around. But 
I, I can see how that's such a good place, especially for downwind foiling. You get like this almost like standing waves and, yeah. and the wind blowing against the current of the river and stuff like that. It's, it's like a perfect setup for downwinding and those kind of things. So definitely want to do that, but probably not going to happen this year, next year, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll, yeah. Yeah, it looks like the place to kind of test gear, I think. And looking, I've seen a few videos from the side. Yeah, you get that perfect kind of clean standing wave, which which is pretty unique, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, it looks incredible. And the wind is, yeah, when it's on, it's like that nuking wind. Yeah. It's like you, even a two meter wing can be too big, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's so strong, the wind, but some days. Yeah, but, yeah what's yeah. your smallest wing you're doing? What's in, in, the... in the alien wing, we have a three meter which is it seems to be too small for most it's like for most people here on oahu we're actually i'm, I'm that one yeah i'm working on a 3.5 right now i think that's going to be a good size for a windy day here on oahu because three is almost too small for us for i think on maui it's a good size but here it's almost too small for most people yeah, it's funny because, yeah, we've, we've been using like a two point, I did a 2.3, but we're just using it in downwinders. But I think we'll just right. change that one to, to, to a paddle. If you're using a wing that small, I guess you can, yeah, you probably should be, have a paddle. Yeah. But for us, like the, I think our wing sizes too are like, I don't know why, but they they measure the square meters are from the computer program, but our wings are so compact, like the size of the frame is a smaller. If you put it, put one of our five meters over, a 4.8 ppc like it's so much more narrow and compact and i'm not sure why that is but you still get the same amount of power out of it you know i think there's a lot of size variance and that, that's one of the things that i've been talking to with our new designer and then i'm just going with just is almost there should be like some sort of industry standard with sizing it's like the computer spits something out but it, yeah when you pile a wing on another wing it can be completely different so I'm going to pay more attention to that. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. I guess it's also, if you measure the curved fabric or if it's just a flat projected surface area or whatever, I'm not really sure how, if there's different ways to measure, but it, it does seem to vary quite a bit between wings, the yeah. actual size and how powerful it is. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else you want to leave people with full community? I don't think so. I think just, I think just keep it fun is the main thing for me. Although all these things are emerging, like racing, we're seeing GWA and all this really awesome sort of stuff. Like I've been watching quite a bit of it. It's incredible. I just think to me, just keeping it fun for me is it. And just performed a good bunch of mates here. We'd just go for a wing and have a few beers afterwards. And that's what it is for me. I want to see more women in the sport. That That is something that we're going to try and build this summer here with Annabelle down in the South Island, just getting more females into the sport. It's, I'm, I'm just saying it's definitely men orientated, dominated. So more women, more fun, more kids. Yeah. I want to win more places around the world. So they're my kind of goals. Hmm. And then just yeah, work on this foil because it's going to be a pretty, pretty full on year, the next year prototyping and back and forthing and testing different foil sections. And I'm learning a lot already about everything to do with foils. It's ridiculous. Got a lot of foil brain fog at the moment, but it's all good. Awesome. Yeah. It's amazing how much the equipment has improved. You were, you were, we were talking about like how that small changes, but if you compare like first generation wings that we started on to what's available now, it's like a huge jump in, in improvement and performance of wing, especially the wings, I think. And then of course the boards and the foils, everything, yeah, the foils actually are way more efficient now than what we started on. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I 
Yeah, yeah, just efficient, more efficiency. Yeah, it's going to be interesting where we end up at with the foil, but I can tell you that it's going to be a more simplified foil. We'll probably only have around four wings. I'm just going to run to the door because there's a courier. Okay. And it's, I think it's a prototype. Oh, cool. Maybe you can show us. It's all good. Just leave it at the door. Cheers. <laughs> Sorry. It's always embarrassing. No worries. No worries. The courier is here. <laughs> People can see what's happening. And yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's good. Cheers. <laughs> oh he's <Yeah>. showing us <laughs> yeah. that's for me that's cool <laughs> right on. Awesome. awesome one thing you mentioned that i wanted to just touch on is hanging out with the buddies afterwards and it's a social thing too yeah i was talking about that with someone like a lot of team sports like part of the experience is not just the doing the sport together but then also afterwards having a few beers together and hanging out and socializing and stuff like that the community experience of it and, uh, and I've been winging a lot at this spot, which is really close to my house. It can launch from super easy from my place. And, but I'm like the only one out there because it's hard. There's a shallow reef you have to go over and nobody really goes out there. So I'm always the only one. And it does change the whole experience. If you don't like, you don't push yourself as hard. I just, but it's more soul, soulful. I really enjoy it now, but I do miss that the whole social aspect of it. So I try to go every now and then I just pack all my stuff and go somewhere just to have that experience. But yeah, so do you have a close community and you that always meets at the same spots and hangs out together and stuff like that? Yeah, we've got a, a few of these like WhatsApp little groups. I'm sure it's happening all over the world, but they're kind of, it's awesome. They're kind of building up and someone says, yeah, it's on here. So we all meet there and there's a bunch of guys, like 10 guys. They literally have a van, they pack it full of gear and they do these little downwind runs. So they'll just drive up and down pretty much all day. I don't know what they do for a living, but it's pretty <laughs> funny. I'll tap in for a few runs. I'm not going to do it all day. I've got too much on, but to tap in for a few end runs with them and have a beer afterwards is like probably one of the coolest things. And then we're all talking about gear. It's, it's a lot of frost like everyone's really, really frothed on gear and talking about the techie side of it the foil what they're using different brands i think that's all part yeah. of it and yeah i hope that just keeps going and going like for a long time i hope we don't end i think that we've got years and years of the sport and development and so i think yeah that's just going to go and go forever i don't know if we're going to get to a point where it slows down that's going to be pretty interesting i don't know what that is but how yeah. do you get a foil or <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying the social side of it and the fun side of it. And yeah, wing, winging with people is pretty awesome. Yeah. And it's just like a really welcoming community too. It's not like sometimes when you surf or whatever, it's a lot more competitive or almost like aggressive or not as friendly and open, but winging, yeah. it's just yeah. like everybody's welcoming new people and stuff like that. And and that's the message I'm trying to send too with this, with this show. Like we're open to people getting into the sport. We want, we want to see more people doing it. I yeah. do anyways, but yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Uh, I think a good point is that winging, it, it actually brings us away from the surf breaks. So it actually uncrowds them if anything. So if any of you shortboarders out there are listening, you know, it's taking the foils away from the crowded surf break into these awesome locations where we can get to with a wing or with a jet ski or whatever. Yeah, It's funny because I've got a bunch of team riders for the shop up here. Some of them are like pretty well-known ex-pro surfers and stuff who are absolutely ripping on the prone foil down here now. But they're getting into winging too. So you're getting these like ex-pro surfers that are now loving the wing. It's just, it's a cool thing. Yeah, John Florence I'm here on the North Shore, he's, he's into winging too and stuff like that. So it's, oh, really? I, I love message, seeing that kind of I'll stuff. I'll message him now. Can you give me, <laughs> <laughs> can you try my wing? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. He's actually winging. 
Yeah, I saw some video of him. I think it was him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was John John. So yeah, and he's pretty good too. And so that's yeah, I, anyway. cool I haven't yeah. seen him with a wing. That's cool. I don't know if we're gonna see Laird with a wing, but that'd be my sort of call out, Laird, if you're listening. Yeah, a little wing video would be cool. Right on. But yeah, I was gonna say too, like Dan actually was talking about he's on our WhatsApp group here in Hawaii and he's dude, some of these people even have jobs. Like how are they just winging every day? It's become a full time job for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's and, a full time job. Yeah. And just, some people just kind of arrange their lives around winging. Basically they work when they don't want to wing. Totally. It, is, it is possible, but yeah. But yeah, yeah it's that lifestyle yeah, we'll, for sure. We'll get there, Rob. You and I know you've I know you've <laughs> opened another store in the North Shore. I hope that's going well. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how there there are not enough hours in the day. But yeah, how's your new store going? I was going to ask. It's the it's going store. well, especially like the the rental business is just great. It's like a, such a good business model. And for me, it's I just rely on having good people. Like the mm-hmm. I have a great staff out there. And at first, I went out there t- two times a week, and now I more it's more like once a week I go out there. And, and same wow. thing with everything else. If you have a good team, that's that makes all the difference. So that I don't try to do everything anymore. You can't. Yeah, you know. that's, that's what I do at the moment. Try and do everything, but I th- it, just, it it never works. So yeah, send some send some over because I think you've got <laughs> good people over oh, there. Man, it's so hard to get good people for, especially right now. It's like the the job market is so tight. Nobody is really looking for work. So. Yeah, um, I think that it's been one of the things that I've noticed lately. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, it's seriously hard to find people. I think people, true. people are, I don't know what they're doing, but they're, they're not wanting to work. <laughs> so yeah. They just haven't heard of wing foiling yet, so we'll keep trying. We need a couple. <laughs> so if you want, fly them over. Okay. Send them on Hawaiian ears. I know that it's operating now, so. Yeah, and if anyone, any of your people over there want to come to Hawaii, we got jobs here too. <laughs> That'd be me. That'd be me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, hopefully you'll come visit soon. Yeah, I think we yeah. got to wrap it up. Cool. Happy birthday. Can I ask how old you are? 37. 37 okay, you're today. St- you're still very young, so that's great. You've already yeah. built that much of a business at that age. you got a long way to go, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. I feel older, but yeah, definitely, definitely a long way to go, so I'll just pace myself. Yeah. have fun along the way yeah um, exactly yeah, thanks thanks it's been a good start to the day already chatting to you over there in hawaii and it's always a pleasure yeah yeah all right sam take care aloha cheers, happy rob. birthday enjoy the rest of your day cheers all right thanks rob thank you so much for watching another full episode of the blue planet show you are the ones i'm making this show for the ones who listened all the way to the end <clears throat> really appreciate it I know you're out there. I love all the comments we're getting for the Blue Planet show. So thanks so much to all the listeners and to Sam Loader, of course. And once again, this show is made possible by Blue Planet customers just like you. I really appreciate everyone that supports our business. So next time you're looking for new wingfoil equipment, check out blueplanetsurf.com. We got lots of good stuff from lots of different brands at good prices and we offer free shipping on boards in the US so definitely worth checking out. Thanks everyone for watching. See you on the water. Aloha!